Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. All right, well, welcome everyone to the Bridgeway Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us on this fifth and final session on our five-week series going through the Holy Spirit. So we just, we've talked about the personhood of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We talked about growing in the Holy Spirit, spiritual formation. And then last week we talked about what does it look like to depend on the Holy Spirit, to listen to his voice, to develop intimacy with him. Um, and now we are going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe this is what you were hoping we would talk about a while ago, but you had to wait this long to get to it, that maybe when you think about the Holy Spirit, especially him working in you, you think about the spiritual gifts and you think about power and um, you think about signs and wonders. And um, maybe we'll talk about some of that today. So um, anyway, we got Sam back in um, the podcast studio with us to um, to wrap this up and talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Sam, why, why is this an important topic for you? What makes you think it is? Oh, just uh, just you know, uh, just, <laughs> just a, a intuition, cursory, a cursory knowledge of oh, okay. of, of, of your well, body of work. I applaud you for your insight. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. It's very dear to my heart. Um, I think the place where I'd like to start is with a a, a reminder that I I would hope that people would know this, but maybe we don't reflect on it much, and that is that the Christian faith and therefore the Christian life is decidedly supernatural in mm, nature. Yeah. Um, as, as we all know, we live in a world very technologically sophisticated, scientifically advanced, especially here in the West. We tend to think for every physical effect, there's got to be a physical cause. Right. Um, and, you know, you talk to people who are materialists or naturalists and they would say, we don't need anything outside of what science can discover in terms of empirical, verifiable relationships to account for everything that happens. We don't have to appeal to some, you know, a God. Uh, we don't have to appeal to angels. We don't have to appeal to the Holy Spirit. We can account for everything that happens in life uh, simply by tracing it back to some physical cause uh, that gave rise to it. Mm. So we, we, in other words, what I'm saying is we live in a very cause and effect mechanistic naturalistic worldview here in the West. Right. And we in, we in the United States, you don't have to do this with people in third world countries, mm. uh, but we need to remind ourselves Christianity is profoundly supernatural. Everything that we are is the result of the creative power and the sustaining presence of the creator God. Mm. Uh, God called all things out of existence, out of nothing into existence. Uh, he upholds everything by the word of his power. He is directing it toward its proper consummation, and um, I'm not. I'm not trying to become super supernatural here. You know, J.I. Packer calls, talks about super supernaturalism, <laughs> where people think that uh, you know they have to attribute everything that happens to a spiritual cause. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. but I am saying that we need to recognize that um, uh, that there's so much of what it is to be a Christian that is profoundly spiritual and supernatural in nature. 
And there, there is a God who works in this way. There are uh, demons and angels who bring certain effects to pass in the world in which we live. Mm. So that, that's, I think that's the place where I want to start. Uh, yeah. So one of the reasons why this is an important topic is because, why, why is talking about the Spirit's power important? is because we live in a spiritually powered world. Exactly. Okay, interesting. All right, so we're starting there. Absolutely. So um, I think what got me going on this topic is probably about two years ago Hmm. uh, in advance of our first Convergence Conference. Right. I I thought, I'm just going to read through the New Testament and take note of every time the power of God is referenced. Hmm. And I noticed two things, or more than really two things. The first thing I noticed was that when when the New Testament authors use the word power, uh, they're, they're usually two words. They use either the word dunamis, mm-hmm. from which we get dynamite, or the word energeia, from which we get energy. And in, I think, almost every reference, there may be a couple of exceptions, dozens and dozens of times, it refers to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's synonymous with the Holy Spirit, especially in Luke's writings, in Luke-Acts. They are interchangeable right. terms. Um and then the second thing that I noticed was how pervasive it was. It was everywhere. Mm. Uh, I also noticed that it wasn't just power for doing signs and wonders, mm. but this power is what um, brings about uh, endurance in the face of suffering. Yeah. And not only that, but endurance with joy and the ability to press through hard times and challenging circumstances, the ability to resist temptation. Um you know, Paul even talks in Romans 15 about it's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to have hope. So in just what we might otherwise call the kind of the mundane responsibilities of a Christian, it's always attributed to the power of the Holy Spirit operating in us. Mm. And then that led me to the final thing that I discovered that is really encouraging. And we'll look at some of these texts in a minute. Over and over again, if you ask the question, where is this power? Oh, it repeatedly says it's in us. Hmm. It's in us. It's not some free-floating thing out there that, that we kind of have to lay, yeah, lay yeah. hold of. Um, it is actually in and through us that God deposits this power through which it works to accomplish his, his will. Yeah, I think that's really helpful just to start there because I think when I think of Holy Spirit power, I'm like, all right, we're raising people from the dead. We are, you know, multiplying food. We're doing the crazy miracles, and that's anything else to call it the the power of the Holy Spirit would be to downplay um, what He's capable of doing. Yeah. You know, but what you're saying is no. Even the mundanities, what seem yeah. like the mundanities of the Christian life, perseverance through a hard time, um, sp- the spiritual fruit of patience. Sure, that is that is God's power. The same the same ex nihilo power. Right. that created the universe, is at work to give you patience. Well, th- think of um, my favorite prayer in the New Testament, Ephesians 3, 4 through 21, or 14 through 21, where Paul says, I'm bowing my knees before the Father. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit would strengthen you in your inner being. So here's this Holy Spirit. He is the power of God, strengthening us, imparting his power in us. Notice that, in our inner being. It's inside of us. Mm-hmm so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, and then he kind of brings it to its consummation so that you might know uh, that which ultimately surpasses knowledge, namely the height and depth and width and breadth of the love of God in Christ. Mm. So I think, all right, so my loving God, and even more important, my ability 
to know and to feel that he has love for me is the result of the power of the Holy Spirit in me. Mm, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you typically, uh, you know, we're both married and we love our wives, mm-hmm. we love our kids. We don't oftentimes stop and think, do I need a supernatural energy in order to do that? No, I just, it's just, I, I love that person. Right. You know? I love, I love those kids. But Paul is saying to, to feel the love and the affection of the Father and to love him in return takes the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, we kind of talked about that in the last episode when we talked about the, uh, the spiritual sense of smell Tom, <laughs> Tom was talking about and how uh, we carry with us the death of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to some it smells like life, to some it smells like death. And um, if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit, you're saying even the love that God has towards us, we would not have the spiritual ability to appreciate, enjoy, yeah. and reciprocate. Yeah, and and let's go on record with one more thing. Um, this this episode of our podcast is not one that is simply being done by those who believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit or for those who believe in it. Um, this is this is a normal, routine Christian reality. Yeah. Uh, regardless of where you end up landing on those more controversial issues. So, for example. Uh, I, I think of I, some of the texts that I came across when I was doing this. One of the first ones was Philippians 3, uh, where Paul is giving his own testimony about how he um, uh, prizes the, the knowledge of Christ above all else. And then he says this remarkable thing. He says, uh, I don't want to be, I don't be uh, uh, trying to establish a righteousness of my own, but I want to gain Christ, be found in him, be found in his righteousness, and then it says, so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings. Hmm. And I thought, I know, what's he saying there? Is he saying when he says, I want to know the power of his resurrection, is he saying, I want better arguments to use against my atheist <laughs> opponents? You know, here, here are the reasons why I believe the tomb was empty, Jesus was raised from the dead. I don't think so. No. I think Paul's saying that the power of God, which is the Holy Spirit, that actually raised Jesus from the dead is something that I can experience. I can taste it. I can feel it flowing through me to help mm-hmm. me endure the suffering. No, he says right after that, and that I may share his sufferings. Well, how does a sane person do that <laughs> joyfully? Right. It's through the power of the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That's just a stunning mm. expression on Paul's part. Um, so again, I think he's saying, I want to I wanna feel it. I want to personally experience this very power that overcame death and and raised and glorified the body of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Ephesians 1 is another one. Again, one of these incredible prayers that Paul prays. He's, he's talking about, I'm praying that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened and that you might know what is the hope to which he's called you. And then later he says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power Unto us who believe, according to the working of his great might, again, a synonym, Mm. that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Hmm. I mean, it's just, folks, if you're (laughs) listening to this, stop and think about what this means. Here Paul is praying for the Ephesians and for us. It's a prayer that applies to us that we might experience the immeasurable greatness. Now, remember, we're talking about an omnipotent God. How, how immeasurable? Infinitely immeasurable. Mm. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, and Paul says here, seated him at his right hand and put all principalities and powers beneath his feet. Mm. He said, I'm praying 
that the Spirit of God would open your eyes to realize that that power is in you. Yeah. Wow. As you're reading these verses, I'm like, I, I don't think I've ever thought of God's power as something almost communicative, like not, not in the way we talk about God's communicable attributes, sure. but like something that he wants me to experience and have a relationship with and mm-hmm. like an encounter. Sure. And, and I'm like, I, I think I've always put that more off into the future. Like I will, I will see and experience the power of God when he returns and makes all things new and I will worship him forever mm-hmm. and be overwhelmed by his might and glory. And as I, as you were reading those verses, I was just like, that sounds like now he wants me to experience that now that there's I I never I think I've always experienced I've always thought about power God's power as a utility mm-hmm. and not as um, something that he as a gift that he wants me to treasure even is that yeah, help, me, help me understand that because no, it, you're it's saying just blowing it right. my mind here okay. you're saying it exactly right and and of course let's not lose sight of the fact as I said earlier this power is just simply another word for the spirit mm-hmm. but not you know we've talked about this in a previous uh, podcast. The spirit isn't just a power as right. if he's, you know, like if I walk over to the wall there and stick my finger in that light socket <laughs> or that electrical outlet, I'm going to feel power, right. but it's going to hurt and do damage. And we're not talking about that the spirit of God is just one big bolt of electricity. He's a person mm-hmm. who is omnipotent, who can do all things. Uh, here, here's another one. At the end of that prayer, and everybody knows this verse, most everybody by heart, At the end of that prayer in Ephesians 3, Paul says, Now to him who is able to do abundantly more than all that we ask or think. Pause. Stop right there. All right, Mm -hmm. folks. He's he's saying now to to the omnipotent God, all right, whose ability to do things is not limited by our mental capacities or our ability to verbally articulate it. To that God. And he says, according to the power of, at work within us. Hmm. So here's this omnipotent God we're praising. He can do all these things beyond which we can even imagine, and he does it according to the power, not just that's out there in some remote galaxy, Hmm. but according to the power that is at work inside us, us broken, weak, (laughs) fitful, bored Christians. That power (laughs) is is at work in us. I, I, it just seems to me like this ought to really turn our Christianity on its head. Mm. This ought to shatter the misconceptions and rewire our thinking where we think, wow, I, uh, I've, I've been missing out on this. I've been walking through life um, and, and not realizing that the power of omnipotent deity is at work in and through me. That's just mind-blowing. It is. It absolutely is. And it's making me almost reflect on how it it exposes how depraved I actually am and was that cuz I'm like really that much power needs to come and work in me. You know, mm, like sure. to overcome the death that was in me and my complacency and my temptation and my sin that I, I wrestled with and still wrestle with. Like, really, I need the power of omnipotent God to come and dwell in me to do that work of resurrection in my life. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's how dead I was. That's how depraved I was. That's how much I did not want the will of God, that it took he who created everything to come and remake and recreate me. I, th- I don't think I've ever 
stacked God's power against my depravity to let, you know, the light show the darkness, the depth of each. Mm-hmm. That just, that hits me pretty hard. That's, that's here's, here's, an, here's another biggie. Second uh, Peter chapter one, verse three, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So, okay, all things that pertain to life and godliness, everything that I need to live the kind of life that's going to honor God, a life of godliness and obedience to his word um, that comes through knowing him, how is that, that going to happen? His divine power yeah. has granted us the ability um, to, to live a life in this way. So, I mean, these verses just keep piling up one after another. Um, you know, what was it? sometime last year, I think we finished the book of Colossians here at Bridgeway. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a couple of texts there that just, again, are, are mind-boggling, where Paul is praying to God. is his prayer in the opening of uh, chapter 1 that the Colossians be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So strengthened, what? God, God goes out and, um, you know, creates some uh, energy pack or dynamite drink and, you know, and, uh, and says, here, I want you to be strengthened. No, we're strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. It's God the Spirit working in us. Now, here's the interesting thing. For all endurance and patience with joy. Hmm. Now, most of us, whatever it is we're facing in life, it's hard to endure. We we are the biggest bunch of wimps. We give up. We quit. We throw in the towel. We say, this ain't worth it. We're not patient. We're impatient. And even when we find the, the power to endure and be patient, we do it grumbling. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul says, no, endurance and patience with joy. Hmm. Well, I know my own soul well enough to know I need the uh, the infinite power of the Holy Spirit to pull that off. And then I love this verse at the end of chapter 1 where Paul is talking. He's been talking about his, his pastoral ministry, his apostolic work, and um, how he wants to present every man mature in Christ. And for anybody who's ever done ministry uh, of any sort, you know how exhausting that can be. Hmm. And here he says, in verse 19 of chapter 1, for this I toil, struggling. So make no mistake, Paul isn't just sitting back yeah. and, you know, his easy chair saying, all right, God, zap me with your power. You know, I'm going to sit here, uh, let go and let God. No, he said, I make a choice to struggle. Mm. I engage the obstacles. I engage the enemies. I wage war against them. Here's how. With all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Hmm. So know that God works it in me. What is it? It's his divine energy that he works in me, not just for me, not just in other people so they'll do what I want them to do. It's in me. That just is, that's incredible. It's, this, it's the experiential strengthening presence of God himself at work in us. This is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I, I as you're as you're going through all these verses, I'm sure as people are listening to this, as I'm listening to this, I think I'm picking up two things. Um, and it's one, which is one of the things you picked up on, which is it's everywhere. The mm. the power of God is just I mean, I'm so familiar with all these verses you're reading, and I've never it's never been the power of God that has jumped off the page to me, but it's it seems to be the climax of each of these verses. Yeah. And that's surprising. So it's very pervasive. And then two, 
it's far more. Um, it's so I guess it's not only pervasive in scripture. I think it's also pervasive in my life mm-hmm. that, my, like the the way I am, I'm able to believe in God, the way I I I work. Um, you know, working all day in ministry, you know, and like mm-hmm. being able to persevere through that, um, going through a hard time, um, with a loss, like a miscarriage or something mm-hmm. like that and getting through that, that he's just there and all of that. And it's his infinite power that pushes me through that. I think I often just relegate the power of God to the extreme yep. and the miraculous and the, what people would look at and call a miracle and not necessarily just the everyday working of my life, which just gives me another way to reflect on the grace of God and worship him for sustaining me right. through all of that. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, here's some more. Great. Romans fifteen thirteen. Paul says, through the power of the Holy Spirit, they were enabled, we are enabled to abound in hope. So, hope. you know, everything in life is crumbling. Mm-hmm. Nothing is coming to fruition. I don't have a job. Uh, don't have enough to pay the bills. Um, people have abandoned me. I feel hopeless. How can I abound in hope? Well, Paul says it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, or again, uh, in Second Thessalonians one eleven, he says, "Every resolve for good and every work of faith." So here it is again. We make resolutions. We resolve. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Um, every work of faith, every deed that flows out of our faith in Jesus, he says, is accomplished by means of his power. Um, it's just it's just over and over and over again. And, and here's the good news. Uh, I know some people, they hear this and they go, well, I think those texts probably are meant for apostles hmm. or elders or pastors, you know, or super saints. And yet we find that this language is used of those who didn't hold any particular office in the church. Stephen, who was a deacon, he wasn't an elder, he wasn't an apostle, is described as a man full of grace and power, Mm. and he worked signs and wonders. Um, So when you you look at the, the, the consistent teaching of Scripture, this is not something that is kind of compartmentalized over here on the side. Okay, when I, when I need to raise somebody from the dead, I'll avail myself of the power of the Holy Spirit, and maybe only if I have an ordained clergyman with me. <laughs> and Paul's saying, and Peter and the others, no, this is, this is normal Christian living, folks. This is for every believer, availing yourself of the power that is working within you. Yeah. And so what, what does that look like, then, um, if, if it's not this— external energy drink we go and grab and it's something that that is happening in the everyday minutia of life um is is it something that we're we're just supposed to acknowledge and like man how did i do that today oh it was the holy spirit thank you or is it does it happen in the midst of it does it happen before it like when when do i lean on him for that power to do these everyday things is does it happen regardless of if i ask does it i'm just kind of sure sure well Certainly, God can do it even if we fail to ask for it. He's yeah. faithful. Um, and as, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we talked about being filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It seems at times in Acts that they don't necessarily do anything consciously, but God meets them in a moment of urgent need or crisis and fills them with an extraordinary manifestation of His power. Right. Um, but the Bible does talk, and this is a word that's going to, this makes a lot of people nervous, but God does um, 
impart power, this thing called impartation. I know it kind of has a wacky feel to it, and you think, oh, that's what some of those TV evangelists do, you know. (laughs) But I don't know what else to use to describe certain texts of Scripture. Uh, For example, let's go back into the Gospels and Jesus. Take, for example, uh, Luke 9, 1 and 2. It says, he called the 12 together and gave them power Mm. and authority over all demons and to cure diseases and sent them out to proclaim the kingdom. Now, think, okay, he gave them power and authority. How did he do that? He said, guys, here, I've, I've got a nice little package in my back pocket for each one of you. Open it up, swallow it. No, he gave them power in some manner. He, in speaking those words, has imparted to them hmm. the Holy Spirit who's indwelling him as well. Or again, um, Luke 24, where Jesus is uh, talking about uh, Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from mm-hmm. on high. So there's this image of the Spirit is coming to almost envelop us like a new suit of clothes or a, or a winter coat. Or um, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Mm. So that's a promise of God that comes to us. All they had to do was wait for it. And, and it's, he's imparting, he's giving it, he's transferring it in some sense. Um, here's one of the most interesting passages in the Gospels in this regard. It's Luke 5.17. It says, one of those days as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And then there's this interesting sentence at the end. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Hmm. Wait a minute. (laughs) I know that according to Luke 4, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and indwelt by the Spirit. So why does he say here that on this particular day, the power of the Lord, which is simply Luke's way of saying, and the Holy Spirit was mm-hmm. with him to heal. So there was somehow this power that was in Jesus that was about to manifest itself in the lives of others. And then, for example, uh, uh, Acts ten thirty eight. you know, Peter's talking to Cornelius. He said, you yourselves know how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. So God the Father, in some sense, <laughs> it gets weird in some manner, imparted the Holy Spirit and his power into Jesus. And the result is he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Um, And then another one that really (laughs) people don't know what to do with, Mark 5.30. And Jesus, perceiving in him, now remember, let me back up. This is the woman who had the issue of blood. She Mm -hmm. sneaks up behind Jesus, grabs hold of of the hem of his garment. Oh, yeah. And Jesus stops and he says, hold on, somebody just touched me. Yeah. And Peter goes, Everyone's touching you. <laughs> What's the, what do you mean? Everybody's pushing you around, trying to grab you, all this touch. And he said, and he just says, no, no, no. I felt power go out of me. Yeah. Now think about that. It's in him, and now it's going out of him, and it goes into this lady, and he turns around and he says, who touched my garments? And, of course, she identifies herself. And then later in Luke six nineteen, all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and heal them all. Now, the reason I'm citing these texts is simply this. I know it sounds magical. It sounds kind of wacky. But in some very real, even literal sense, 
the power of the Holy Spirit whom God has put in Jesus and now has put within us, if I can use this word, is transferable. Hmm. In other words, I can, if, I can lay hands on somebody and the power that indwells me can now come into them to impart a spiritual gift or courage or joy or whatever else it is that they're needing in order to press on in the Christian life. That, that's a, that's a, 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 an amazing concept. And yet I don't – now, can it be abused? Sure. Mm. I mean, you got – you know, you see – and we won't name anybody, but you see these guys on TV who swing their sport coats around and throw right. it at people or blow on them or and, – and, and I, know what, I know what's in their heart. I hope I do anyway. I hope they're not trying to be flamboyant and manipulative. Maybe some of them are. But I think they're thinking, all right, the power of the Holy Spirit that is in me can be imparted to someone else for their good and their building up, maybe mm-hmm. even their healing. But you don't need to do it that way. You know, that just draws attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. That doesn't draw attention to God. So it, it's just, again, the power at work, the energy in us is the presence of the Spirit enabling us to to do things we otherwise wouldn't even dream about accomplishing. Yeah, I... <laughs> I I think one thing that that I'm I'm immediately feeling, and maybe other people are feeling this too, is um, when you talk about especially the spirit of God and the power that is at work in me is now transferable to someone else through me. I immediately my my mind is filled with inferiorities, mm-hmm. and and my heart is full of doubt. It's just like. Well, maybe for you, Sam, (laughs) you know, maybe you can transfer the Holy Spirit. You have enough faith or, you you know, but I'm I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying that is what I feel. And I'm sure a lot of people are feeling the same way. Like what gives me the right to go and transfer a power that doesn't belong to me to someone else? Does that make sense? Like, like it's the, isn't there's this person in me who has a will and a mind. Sure. It's the Holy Spirit. We talked about that in the first episode uh, on this series. And now you're saying that because that person lives in me, I now can transfer his power to others. It's and like, how, how does my will and the Holy Spirit's will work together in that? It, it, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and, I, and I don't want us to be presumptuous yeah. as if to say that every time we pray for somebody or lay hands on them that something uh, of this sort is going to happen. I'm simply saying it can happen. Okay, that, yeah, um, that, that, even that's helpful. Yeah. yeah. Think for a moment about uh, Paul in 2 Timothy 1, where he tells Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. Mm-hmm. So here's Paul, lays hands on Timothy, prays for him, and some spiritual gift comes into Timothy mm-hmm. as a result of that. Um, you know, I think of, um, and you say, what right do we have to think this? I go back to John 20, to a really controversial little episode, because it's hard to figure out exactly what's happening. Jesus has been raised from the dead. He appears to the disciples in the upper room, and the he, he, first thing he says is, peace be unto you. Mm-hmm. So he says, don't be afraid, guys. It's really me. And then, he, and then it says, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me, so now I send you. Right. So if you ask, by what authorization or by what right do we think that we now can operate in the power of the very Holy Spirit that filled and empowered Jesus? It's Jesus himself. Mm. He says, as the Father sent me, how did he send him? In the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. John 3.34. (laughs) People go back and read John 3.34. 
where he says, he whom God has sent speaks the word of God for he gives the spirit without measure. Mm. It's the father gives the son, the spirit of God without measure. So Jesus is saying, that's how the father sent me. He commissioned me in the power of the spirit. Mm. Acts 10, 38, he anointed me with the spirit and power. Now guess what guys? Mm-hmm. He breathes on them, and everybody has different interpretations of what that means. Right, but it, it, it's an acted parable, as it were, a dramatic uh, display of the power that that energized me in my ministry. I'm getting ready to leave you guys. I'm going to ascend to the right hand of the Father. My mission isn't over; it just now passes into your hands. Mm-hmm. So here, let me give you the same spirit that the Father gave me that you can carry out this ministry. I, I think that answers my question. That's really helpful. What gives us the right, what deputizes us to being indwelt by the Holy Spirit to go to others and say, the kingdom of God has come to this house today, you know, like, well, because Jesus said, I've been sent in the exact same way that the Father sent me. I'm sending you. Now go with the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's another one. Um, And everybody knows this. Everybody knows Acts 1-8, you know, that you are uh, to, to wait in Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Wonderful. And if you ask 100 Christians, what does that mean? They, 99 of them will say, maybe 100, well, he's talking about power for witness, power for sharing the gospel, and that's all that he means. Mm-hmm. Well, he certainly does mean that. I don't think anyone think I'm suggesting he doesn't mean that. But I'll tell you why he means a whole lot more. When Luke uses the word power in both his gospel and in the book of Acts, In fact, he uses it 25 times. And in 20 of those instances, it refers either to what God does through Jesus or what God does through people like you and me. Mm. In the case of Jesus, all in eight of the 10 cases with Jesus, it refers to his power to perform miracles, signs and wonders. With regard to the text where it applies to us, in nine of the 10 instances, when Luke is talking about the power of God in people like you and me, it's for the purpose of healing the sick, performing signs and wonders and miracles. Hmm. You know where the 10th case is? Acts 1-8. Hmm. So I'm saying, all right now, <laughs> if in the other nine places it's talking not just about power for witness, mm-hmm. but power for wonders and healing and spiritual gifts operating through us, might that be in Jesus's mind when he said what he did in Acts 1-8? In other words, if Acts 1-8 sets before us kind of the the paradigm for the ministry of the church, kind of the, the marching orders for how Acts is to unfold and what we're to do, we need to seriously stop and consider Jesus intended for us to understand that he's sending us out in the power of the Spirit to carry on the same work of ministry in the miraculous realm that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's 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 very helpful. Uh, well, one thing that, and maybe this will somewhat land the plane a little bit here, between, I'm, I'm feeling a tension between our first episode and this episode, uh, the person of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit, um, where up until now, the last four episodes, um, we've had deep discussions about intimacy with the person of the Spirit hearing the voice of the Spirit, developing a relationship with the Spirit. Um, and and then now, it, for the first time, it feels like we're, we're talking about something that the Spirit does or that the Spirit has or possesses or a characteristic of the Spirit, it, uh, his, his power. And so I'm wondering, can, can you help explain to me, when we talk about 
being filled with the power of the Spirit is almost synonymous with being filled with the Holy Spirit himself. Um, how am I to view the, the difference or the similarity between the power of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit? Well, I think you basically just said it there. Remember the Acts 10.38 passage. God the Father anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. And I think, I think he means basically the same thing. I think it's, it's almost a, what we call a hendiades or hendiades. It's, it's expression of one thought through two words. And I, think, I don't think we're supposed to differentiate in our minds between Holy Spirit and power. This is, it's not, is the Holy Spirit more than power? Well, of course mm. he is, sure. Um, but is that the primary expression of his presence on this earth in and through the people of God? to empower them? Mm. And the answer to that is, I think, yes. So let me give just give you one other example. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul's talking about spiritual gifts, right? he says, to each one, that's to every believer, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So a spiritual gift is uh, an impartation from God of the Spirit that manifests the Spirit's presence in and through us. And yet all these spiritual gifts are described as expressions of the power of God. In fact, the word miracles is literally the plural of the Greek dunamis. It's, it could really be translated powers. Right. So I don't, I don't, think, um, I don't think we should try to differentiate greatly mm. between the person of the Spirit and the power that he brings to bear in and through us. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so what might be helpful then is to maybe maybe tie in kind of what we've been talking about because it seems like every conversation I've had with with you and and with uh, Crystal and then Tom and, and Eddie on on the Holy Spirit, it ended up boiling down to a relational aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was uh, when you and I first talked, and it was the Holy Spirit's person. So what does that mean for us? Have a relationship with him. Be intimate with him. Uh, what does what filling with the Holy Spirit look like? It looks like being aware of what the Holy Spirit's doing, and there's there's intimacy there. And I just kept getting to the word intimacy every time. Yeah. People kept bringing me to that. Um, power seems like something external right. that we go and do. It feels abstract. It, it does, and it doesn't feel like a relational term. Yeah. And, and so maybe help me tie those together. Well, maybe that's due as much as anything to just the, the limitation of vocabulary yeah uh, honestly um you know i know that there are things that some people do in ministry that depersonalizes the spirit um i mean i hate to even mention this on air but i watched a guy one time he was scooping the spirit you know he was almost like he had a snow shovel and he was you know kind of acting it out and then kind of throwing it on people <laughs> like i you know i thought come on fella please don't do and there's this depersonalization so so we do have to guard ourselves. Mm. If we ever find ourselves thinking that experiencing the Spirit is kind of the equivalent of sticking our finger in a light socket um, and you know feeling this this tangible jolt, we've lost sight of the of, of who the Spirit is. This is a person. Mm. Um, this is a person who loves us, with whom we relate, who lives in us day and night all the time. And so I just think we have to probably um, kind of uh, monitor our language and our words. We have to be careful about the imagery that we use uh, and have to be always cautious that we do not speak in such a way that that our relationship with the Spirit becomes 
kind of a mechanical cause and effect mm-hmm. abstraction and realize instead, look, this power that is at work within me, that's a person. It's the person of God, the Spirit himself, operative in and through my life and in and through my efforts. Um, I don't know how else to avoid that. Yeah. The best way is to do what we're doing right now, bring it to light and sure. say, hey, here's a danger. Here, here, here's, a, here, here's a problem that we potentially could fall into. Mm-hmm. Let's be alert and not allow the imagery or the language that I mean, we we talked about this in the very first episode, or maybe it was the second one. I can't remember. Um, some of the uh, physical, quantitative metaphors that are used mm-hmm. of the spirit. The spirit falls on somebody. Right. You're filled with the spirit. You're baptized in the spirit. You're anointed with the spirit. Again, this is God accommodating Himself to so that we can understand. But let's not press those images to the point that we think of the spirit like I do the water in this bottle that's at my right hand right mm-hmm. now, as if he's a quantitative, tangible stuff. Um, that's what we have to avoid. And I think if I think just the more that we talk about that and the more alert we are to the, to the nature of language and its limitations, I think the better off we'll be. Yeah, I think you're right about that and the caution that we need to have um, and just naming it, I think, is helpful. Another thing that might be helpful in naming it is I think what, what I'm feeling is um, when we talk about any other topic, depending on the Spirit, growing in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, identifying the personhood of the Spirit, all of those had, what's the action that we take? It was intimacy. Be intimate with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like when I think of power, and how do I grow in my confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit? How do I grow in my um, feeling zealous and bold enough to act um, with the power of the Holy Spirit and to pray um, for miraculous things to happen, to ask for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think about intimacy as the way to that growth in power. Mm-hmm. I think of maybe like faith, and that that's the way. It's like if if I have enough faith, X, Y, Z, and I think that's a lot of the traps that people fall in there. And so is there a way to think about um, growing in our awareness and dependence upon the power of the Holy Spirit is that is that is is the pathway to that also intimacy? Would you suggest something else? Oh, I definitely think it is. Mm. I definitely think it is. Um, and I go back to that prayer in Ephesians three. What what is Paul praying for those Ephesians and for us? He's praying that the Spirit would strengthen us inside. So he's praying for the the powerful working of the Holy Spirit, so that Christ might dwell in our hearts through faith. No. Hold on. I thought Christ already dwelt in our hearts through faith. We believe we're born again. Mm. He's obviously asking for an experiential enlargement, if you would, yeah. an expansion or an intensification of our capacity to feel the reality that Christ lives in me and that he loves me. And I think that's the dimension of intimacy. That's why I would say if you're not reflecting on and meditating on and praising God for the fact that he loves you so much he gave his son for you, there's not much that you can hope by way of intimacy with the Spirit of God because, you know, that's what the Spirit is is, is attempting to accomplish through us, is awakening us to sensitizing our spiritual souls to the reality of who God is and what he's done for us in Jesus. Um, and then I think if I can just go back, if people didn't hear it, maybe they can go back and listen. When we talked in that earlier episode, I think Jonathan Edwards was onto something mm. when he said that um, the love 
the affection, the energetic passion that passes between father and son is the Holy Spirit. And again, contrary to what you all are thinking, that doesn't depersonalize him. He's still a person. But Edwards is simply saying that the Spirit's preeminent characteristic is love. And it is his purpose to impart that same love in us so that we will have the same affection for the Father that the Son does and the same affection for the Son that the Father does. Mm. So when you think of it in those terms and you, and you really carefully parse out your language, I think we can avoid uh, somehow diminishing the personality of the Spirit and we can grow in deeper intimacy and love for Him and a gratitude to Him and a sensible awareness of His presence in our lives. Yeah, I think that helps a lot. It helps me see a thread that we've kind of drawn through this episode is we started talking about um, the power of the Spirit being pervasive in the everyday stuff of life and the stuff that we that He does even without us knowing it. Um, our ability just to believe in God and to hope that he'll return and all this stuff is something that the Holy Spirit does. Um, and, and as we increase our intimacy with him and we experience the, the, the love that the Father has for us, that the Spirit has for us, that the Son has for us, and we, we, we bask in that and he increases our affections, um, we'll start to notice him doing all of those things in our lives every day. And as that grows, we have this huge basis now um, of relationship and relational trust with the Holy Spirit to step out and pray for the sick and 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 trust his voice when he gives us a prophetic word because our intimacy with him is such that we trust his voice when he leads and we, we trust his guiding whenever he directs. And so those smaller moments of relationship um, that we kind of overlook every day lead to some of the bigger ones. Uh, and so I think, I think it helps me see intimacy as, uh, as the pathway to experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in a way that I've never thought of before. So thank you, Sam. This is you bet. It's been it's, really, it's, really helpful. It's been a fun. I, I hope our people, people listening to this have benefited from it and been encouraged in terms of the relationship with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Same here. Well, um, thank you all for listening um, to this five-part series on the Holy Spirit. Um, we'll be starting a new series next week, and we hope you'll join us there as well. Uh, but until then, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BridgewayOKC, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchOKC. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.